Welcome to the C.L. Brown Show. I am your host, C.L. Brown, columnist with the Louisville Courier-Journal. Can you believe it? Next week marks the official start of the regular season in college basketball. I am excited for it. I hope you are too, because I'm going to give you a lot of college basketball moving forward. And to start it off, I spoke with several members of the University of Louisville's basketball team during ACC tip-off last week in Charlotte. So on this episode, we will hear from UofL coach Kenny Payne. We'll hear from UofL guard Mike James, who was one of only four returners from last season. And we'll hear from Luke Hancock, the 2013 Most Outstanding Player from the Cardinals National Championship team, who is now uh, analyst for the ACC Network. But before we dive into hoops, let's talk some football first, starting with Kentucky. They dropped their third straight game in a 33-27 loss to Tennessee, which has really changed, you know, the tenor of everything in Lexington from a month ago when it looked like the season was shaping up to be special. You know, when they started off 5-0 and and the, the world seemed at, at their fingertips, now it can it can still be a very good season. I mean, let's put this in perspective. UK, UK has only won at least nine games in six seasons in its history. And no, I'm not counting – the 1976 adjusted record of nine and three when Mississippi state was cheating and the NCAA made them forfeit wins. That's not how we get wins around here. The cats could get to that nine win mark. It would take an upset of either Alabama, which right now is probably a stretch, even though that game is going to be at Kroger field in Lexington, or they would have to knock off Louisville, which in a rivalry rivalry game, that's a lot more feasible even though Louisville seems to be going in a different direction than the Cats at this point. But UK will be favored against Mississippi State on Saturday, possibly at South Carolina in two weeks. And that would mean they would have to win their bowl game too. So those three wins plus one of those upsets, they could get to nine wins. And that would be a fitting way to end some of the grumblings I've been hearing from UK fans about head coach Mark Stoops. Not that he's above criticism. I mean, everybody, you know, <laughs> in those positions, uh, it comes with the territory. But keep in mind, uh, well, I hope some of the people levying the criticisms will keep in mind what he's done for UK football and put some respect on his name. Speaking of respect on his name, Jeff Brom at the University of Louisville is doing just that this season in his first year at the helm. With North Carolina's loss to Georgia Tech, it has cleared the path for the Cardinals to the ACC title game, meaning all they have to do is win out their last three games. We They won't have to worry about any tiebreakers or who they beat having a better winning percentage than who Carolina beat and all that kind of stuff. Beat Virginia Tech, beat Virginia, beat Miami, And there's a spot in Charlotte for the Cardinals to play Florida State, most likely, for the ACC championship. And if you go back and look, one columnist this summer, who shall remain lameness, tried to say that this was going to happen, even though it hasn't come to fruition just yet. I'm not saying any names, 
who said it, but somebody predicted it, you know. All right, it was me, but um, the games still have to be played. They clearly still have to win out, and it seems like these opponents, it, it might be a little tougher than it seemed at the beginning of the year because Virginia Tech has kind of turned around their season. They really got healthy at home winning games. Virginia comes in, will come in having upset North Carolina two weeks ago, and they played Miami tough in South Florida down to uh, uh, an overtime loss. I think it was 26-23, but Virginia had a lot more fight in it than it seemed like they did when they were losing earlier in the year to just about everybody. And Miami, surprisingly, I shouldn't say surprisingly, but Miami hasn't quit on their season, even though clearly uh, a, a lot of them thought that, you know, in this second year under Mario Cristobal, they would be contending for an ACC title and they they were positioned to do so. And they probably would have been <laughs> had the, the ending to that Georgia Tech game gone a little differently for them. You know, they would have gone into Chapel Hill probably a little bit more confident instead of wondering what was going on. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, the Cardinals are are in position, although none of them will talk about it. <laughs> They're all keeping the company line that it's a one-game season, which, you know, every every coach wants their kids to be focused on, on the task at hand. But it's it's... It's kind of funny just given that everybody has the same goals when you start the season, too. And one of those goals is to win a conference championship. So I don't think it's it's too much of a stretch or too much to ask for U of L just to uh it, it's okay to talk about it, folks. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's out there and it's at this point it is within reach. It is very tangible to win three games to get to Charlotte and the ACC championship, but I'm going to wrap up my football talk there and I'm going to start this college hoops discussion, beginning with my man, Luke Hancock. I covered him back during that 2013 run to the title. And uh, it's a bit surreal seeing just how he has grown into his analyst role at the ACC network, but we're going to get his thoughts on U of L next. Well, I wanted to start with just assessing where Louisville is coming into year two under Kenny Payne. Um, obviously, you know what it's like when things are great in the program, and last year was the opposite of that. So, wh- where do you feel like they are right now? You know, this may not be the majority of people's opinion around Louisville. This is a fan base that um, I call it a pro fan base even though there are no pro sports in Kentucky because you know what I mean by that it's just um, they're very knowledgeable passionate fans and obviously uh, last season didn't go great Uh, but I look at this as kind of Kenny Payne's real first attempt at a building a program you know the IARP stuff before the the season started last year kind of a cloud hanging over the program Um, really just trying to put it all together last minute it felt like um, was really tough. And you yeah. saw that environment, the the mental state of that locker room just in a rough spot to start the season. And then I've played on lots of teams where the snowball effect can either take you to big-time heights or it can really crush you. And I think those guys just got worn down. Um, and I, I felt bad for the guys at the end of the season. And nobody's out here passing out wins. you got to go earn them. 
Um, but I think this year you see a renewed energy already. You see a renewed spirit with these guys. The the holdovers, I think they came back for the right reasons. I got to ask Kenny Payne earlier about why J.J. Trainer and Mike James are back. And um, that end-of-the-season conversation, probably not easy, but one that needed to happen, and, and they all said the right things. We want to win. We want to bring Louisville back to, you know, what they're used to, a winning tradition and a great program. So um, I think this year is, is really going to be the building blocks for the future for Kenny Payne and the Louisville Cardinals. And for me, I really like a lot of the pieces. And I think it's about stacking a couple years together of basically what he did this year. Yeah, you, Do you think people will have enough patience to allow him to stack? I think it's going to be tough for him, to be honest. Um, you know, he knows that Louisville fans want to win. He knows there, there's going to be a little bit of pressure there. But, um, again, I, I like the pieces. I like the foundation that's starting. And I think if you can be competitive, you can play your heart out, you can show fans that you're giving everything you got, you're going to improve and you're going to win the fans over. And then these guys, you know, I got to experience great times at Louisville. And I want these guys to experience what that is like because I think there's not a better place to play. Um, that's when you're winning. I know it's a really tough place to play when you're losing. And uh, they've got to keep noise out of their locker room, keep getting better every day, and uh, stay together. And that's, that's easier said than done, but I, I really like the group and I like their mentality going into the season. Yeah, have you been able to see a practice or, or anything so yeah, far? You know, doing the TBT stuff this summer, Yeah. Um, you know, the team was practicing occasionally and um, they came to a lot of our stuff. So I, I've gotten you know, to see a lot of the guys um, in either individual workouts or practices. And, um, you know, I, I didn't get to see the exhibition game. They won by 41, which is great news, but I listened to the whole thing. I was traveling uh, from other job. But uh, even then, like, they start the game out, probably too many turnovers, looking a little sloppy. And then it was like a light switch, man. They settled down a little bit. They got a little bit more aggressive. Um, and even asking JJ and Mike while they were here, you know, what was the turning point? They said, you know, we got a little more aggressive. We, we, we were a little too unselfish. And that happens at times. But I think Kenny Payne probably likes that early on. Yeah, especially with that. a new team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can fix that if you've just got a bunch of selfish dudes. That's a that's a tougher deal to fix, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Any any player in particular that you feel like is, is kind of going to be the guy? Mentality-wise, talent-wise, I, I really like Mike James. You know, I, I liked him when he first got to L. He battled the Achilles tear, uh, so really didn't get a freshman year. Um, last year is you know, technically his sophomore year, but um, I think he, he grew through the season. And I think that's a guy with a mentality. If you, Kenny Payne said, if you had seven Mike James, you'd be really happy. Um, he's the guy for me, but I like, I like a lot of the pieces in the backcourt. Um, and then there are a couple guys that I think maybe they're a little bit further off, but are going to be really, really good players that keep working. Yeah, is, is, is Dennis Evans one oh, of those? <laughs> without a doubt. Without a doubt. You, you know, he's going to be the tallest player to ever put the Louisville jersey on and play in a game. You know, a bunch of seven footers, but he's seven foot one with that crazy wingspan. Um, you can see the, the pieces to the puzzle that are going to be really good. You know, he's a guy, um, Kenny Payne says he's got to get ahead of the play a little bit. He's a little too reactive, needs to be a little more proactive in terms of his positioning, but got good hands, um, got some things you can't teach, wants to get better every day. Coach says he's like a sponge. All those things to me mean this guy's going to get better and better every day. And I personally think the best version of Louisville basketball this year is going to have Dennis Evans making a big impact. Yeah. Where, where do you see as kind of the the floor for this team and, and the ceiling? Like, where, where do you feel 
how how great do you think they could be and you know what is kind of like the base level of where they should be you know i think it's really tough to see i think the league's going to be better uh, from top to bottom and Louisville's got to be ready to go kind of from the jump, take care of business in the non-conference, and they, they have a really tough slate. You know, you're going to go play Texas and probably UConn early on in the season. Got the SEC, ACC challenge. Um, they're going to have really tough matchups. So, um, you know, I, I'm not going to put a number on, like, wins, but um, they just need to show that they're they're more competitive. Like, even in the games late last year when Okorafor gets in there and just shows all-out effort, fans responded to that. Um, the Clemson game, when they, they were feeding off the energy of that crowd and get that win late in the season, it probably kept Clemson out of the tournament. They, you know, they really responded to that energy. They got to bring that every day, start to finish, uh, and keep building the right direction. But, you know, to say they're a tournament team or bust, I think is a little crazy. Uh, to me, it's about what what is Kenny Payne building? Do you see the pieces to the puzzle where if he does what he did this year, which was put a good class together, a good transfer portal class. Now, we know Trent Flowers went to Australia. I'm not sure he could have done a whole lot about that. But if, if he did that again next year and all of the guys that kind of those key pieces got better and, you know, Mike James is a year older and JJ's in his last year and, and gets bigger and stronger, like I could see the pieces for them being a, a tournament team next year. I think that's all I have for you, Luke. Unless there's something else you want to add. No, I mean, um, they're going to be much better. They might still have their their growing pains. It's a young team and a new group together, but um, I'm excited where Louisville basketball is going. Maybe not this year having some kind of, you know, crazy turnaround where they go win a couple games in the tournament, but uh, things are moving in the right direction, sir. Joining me on the show, I have University of Louisville guard Mike James. Mike, thank you for joining me. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Hey, so what would it mean for you this year if you guys make the NCAA tournament, especially on the heels of what you had to endure last year? It'll be big for me, you know, like from going from what we did last season to making that big of a jump and making the NCAA tournament would mean everything. It would prove a lot of people wrong, and, yeah, it'll be a great story for sure. Yeah, what what did you know about Louisville basketball before you got here? So, actually, my first time watching Louisville basketball, I was probably in, like, fourth or fifth grade. Uh, I was at AAU Nationals with my with my team, and we were watching the national championship game when y'all played Michigan. And I was, like, a fan of Trey Burke, like, that whole run. I was a Trey Burke fan, so we were watching the game, and uh, I saw Louisville, saw Peyton Siva, Russ Smith have a crazy game, uh, and saw them win the national championship, and that was like my first introduction to Louisville basketball. My, I fell in love with like those sleeve jerseys that they wore. That it was super cool to me. So, uh, what, what was it like for you to actually meet Peyton and, and Russ? This, you know, they came back and everything. It was crazy. Like I was kind, I, I wasn't starstruck, but like it was like, dang, this is like full circle because I remember watching them when I was younger, and I tell Peyton all the time, like, yo. I used to do this thing, like, with my favorite college basketball players. I would, like, make them on the 2K that was out right then and put them on the team that they got drafted to so I didn't have to wait till the next 2K came out. And I told them, I'm like, yo, when you got drafted by the Pistons, like, I made you on 2K and I was playing with you, like, on my career and stuff. <laughs> he was like, yo, that's crazy. That's awesome. So I was, like, a fan. It's like me. I was a fan, like, me and one of the people that I looked up to when I was little. So it's crazy. And they're, they're around all the time. And, like, they're my friends now. Like, they're my big bros. So it's surreal, for real. 
you ever imagine some kid might be doing that with you? Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, I want to see that come back full circle and I can tell them about what I did when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel like last year helped shape you this year? Uh, I think it's just molded me into like a resilient player. Like I've been through through it all. I've seen the lowest of the lows and now it's just time for me to see better things and uh, do better this next season. Yeah. What, what, from the position that Louisville is in right mm-hmm. now, like, nobody's really expecting y'all to do anything in the ACC. How do you kind of look forward to maybe playing a little bit of a spoiler role and surprising people? Nah, I can't wait. That's like the main thing on my mind is how people are down us, not talking about us, uh, putting us low. So like, it'll mean everything to me to come out and surprise a whole bunch of people and win some games and shock people. Sure. With, with all the kind of momentum you guys got this summer with the recruiting class that was coming in, how did Trenton Flowers' decision, how, how did that impact you when, when you learned he was going to Australia? Um, it it kind of hurt for real, but, you know, like, he had to do what was best for him and his family. And, you know, like, we have to respect that. So uh, I, I wish the best of luck to him and his family um, over there in Australia. But we just kind of had to move on with what we have. And I'm comfortable with what we have for real. Like, I believe in the freshmen that we brought in, Caleb, Kurt, uh, Tyler, uh, Dennis, and then I'm comfortable with the transfers that we brought in. We still have a good group and we're ready to roll. Yeah, What's been probably the most challenging aspect of bringing in so many new new players and having to get acclimated to the system? Um, you kind of just got to get to know each other again, like get to know new players, uh, build chemistry on and off the court for real. But I can say like the chemistry came along pretty well and we gelled pretty fast. So that's always good as a team to gel pretty quick and get along with each other on and off the court. What what changes, excuse me, in playing style do you feel like, you know, you guys will have in terms of what the fans might see? You know, I think we have a lot of players that can uh, create their own shot, get into lane, make good decisions, uh, handle the ball. Uh, I think we'll get out and transition a lot more, uh, push the pace for real. Uh, we're a long team, good defensive team. We're definitely going to get get up into guys probably ninety four feet, just put pressure on the ball. Uh, yeah, I can say those are the main changes that I've seen. Yeah, and I, and I want to rewind it with you going back to your injury mm-hmm. and being able to play last year. How much did that year, just observing and rehabbing and stuff, how much do you feel like that may have helped? Uh, I think it helps real because I got to, like, see the game from the sidelines. So I got to see, like, certain mistakes that players have made, like missing a tag, uh, not boxing out, misread, missed coverages and stuff from the sidelines. So I would kind of, like, replay that in my mind and just having it, having it in the back of my mind when I went out there and played so I could be on point for some of those stuff. Yeah, normally coaches like to say there's an adage that the players players make the biggest jump between the first year they're playing and second year. Mm-hmm. Technically, it's a little bit different for you yeah. since you sat out that sure. year, but it's it's kind of the same thing. Do you do you feel ready to kind of take a bigger, yeah. more ownership? This yeah, year? I'm I'm definitely ready. I'm definitely ready to step up and uh, be a bigger leader for the for the team, take a larger role, uh, and just lead this team to, to some wins. And a lot of people looking at the newcomers. 
they don't know what Trey White necessarily is going to bring. They don't necessarily know what Sky Clark is going to bring to the team. How do you see those two players fitting in? And uh, Trey, I can say like he's a Dragon Warrior. Like that dude, he gets after it. Um, he's a two-way player. Can guard one through four, three-level scores, shoot the mid-range really well, shoot the three well, handle the ball, playing the pick and roll. Like he'll probably be one of our main scorers. Very efficient. Um, Sky, I can say he's a true leader, true point guard, uh, steady with the ball. I couldn't Matata with him. Like I think, like he's like very steady. I have no worries with him on the court. Uh, he gets the ball to other guys, and just makes a huge difference. Just have a. Uh, a PG who's just so steady and it's not all about he's not all about himself he's wants to get other guys involved and before himself and then when he can he can create create his own shot and joining me now on the podcast I have with me University of Louisville coach Kenny Payne appreciate you being on how you doing brother I'm doing well man I wanted to start with just are you tired of hearing questions and talking about last year? <laughs> um, no, I enjoy it because it's going to be uh, what our motivating factor is. Uh, they're giving us the narrative of what we're going to what we're going to attack. Um, we have to make sure that what happens last year doesn't happen again. Um, and I'm not talking just wins and losses. The way we won and lost, the way we lost games. Um, the way that we looked on the court, the way that we approached practices, the way all of that has to change. Um, and so we got to prove people that we are a different unit and that we're taking a step in the right direction. Yeah. You kind of mentioned before um, coaches you've worked with in the past, like like uh, Jay Wright and, and Larry Brown reaching out to you during, during the tough times last season. How much did you talk to Coach Calipari? Talked to him quite a bit, um, and um, you know he was with me and said, "Kenny, I'm I'm dying and with you as you go through this." Um, but what you inherited was a little different, um, and it's not your normal situation, which he knew when most didn't know. Um, but that's okay. People don't know the, all the ins and out of what actually went through Louisville basketball, so. It's hard for people to really understand what exactly you inherited. So uh, in terms of making people understand what Louisville basketball is, there are only three guys on the roster right now that are from Kentucky. How do you convey that to the guys from elsewhere of of what Louisville basketball means? Well, I think a lot of this you can't really make sense of it when you're recruiting them. Because everybody's recruiting players saying all kind of stuff about their program. So what separates Louisville from anybody else? But when they get to Louisville and they see Louisville for the first time really living in Louisville, now you have the opportunity to educate them on the history of this program. Uh, I remember even last year, one of the bright spots for me was, you know, 40 players coming to practice. 50 players, 100 players coming to dinner, um, just coming in support. They had no idea. And, you know, now it's normal that they always show up where they hadn't been connected in so long. Um, Doing that, letting these kids know that there's a history here. Like last two practices ago, Rodney McCray came and he talked about why he came to Louisville and how he got thrust 
into a leadership role with the Louisville Cardinals. Um, these kids need to know that, that they're not the first, that this program was built, and I use the word gladiators, um, because that's what they were. They were gladiators. And that mentality needs to come back. That culture of winning needs to come back. That togetherness uh, as a unit needs to come back so that these fans that are old enough to remember that 70s and 80s, I mean, still people talk about Junior's team as being one of the best teams to ever play at Louisville. Not the team with Griff that won a championship or my team. That team may be the best that ever assembled here at this university. Our players need to know that. I'm, I'm going to side take a side road right quick. So when you mentioned gladiators, that made me think of Ray Lewis's dance. You got you got a dance? <laughs> I, I, dance? I don't have a dance, but I'm sure that some of the players would have a dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of, of the history of, of Louisville, um, you know, of course, when Denny Crum passed uh, the, this past spring and everything, and, and with everybody that came back with that. It, it seemed like there was just a lot of support vocally for you um, back then. Was there a way that you, uh, and I don't even remember how, what the schedule kind of was like, but was there a way that you kind of uh, allowed the team to meet some of those guys? And I know even some of the newcomers weren't even here yet, but. Yeah. Um, you know, the newcomers probably weren't here, but um, for me, just, Losing Coach Crown meant who meant the world to me, um, meant the world to this program, meant the world to this city, meant the world to this state more than I can. You know, sometimes we get so caught up into whether it's Louisville or Kentucky, we forget in this state there are people that are Kentucky people that love Denny Crown, love the way he carried himself, love the way he coached kids. Um, so for me, it was very emotional. Some of it, I I never thought I would be that emotional, but I was because he meant so much to me. And I was able to get this job and see the pride in him and his wife, Susan, and his family, Steve and Scott. Um, to me, that was unbelievable. I mean, it's humbling um, that knowing that this man believed in me, loved me, uh, and wanted me to lead the program that he had. Um, again, I say this all the time, and some people think it's about dribbling a basketball, shooting a basketball. It's bigger than that. When you're in charge of a program that there are so many lives that are entrenched with you, um, the former players, Coach Crom, um, the black community, the business community. There are so many relationships that I have here that I feel the responsibility of fixing this program, not just for me, not just for the kids, it's for all of us. And so that comes with a heavy burden, lack of sleep at times. And I try not to put that pressure on the young players, uh, but I try to love them and try to teach them the right way and let that be the sole reason why I do everything I do. Nothing else. And now it's time for some pickup lines. Take this to the sports book with you. 
see if you can't make a little dough. Last week, I'm coming off a 2-1 record, which brings my overall record against the spread to 15-10-2 this season. And uh, 21-6 and six straight up. I think those are reasonable numbers. Uh, so this week, we've got UK is a three-and-a-half point favorite at Mississippi State. Even though the Cats have lost three straight, and I don't think they've won in Starkville since maybe 2008. I think that was the last time they won down there. Obviously, they don't go every year uh, or even every other year for that matter because Mississippi State is in the SEC West. But um, it's it's still (laughs) a long time to go without winning um, down there. So they'll have their their difficulties it'll be a tough game but one thing that i liked from the tennessee game was to see how the offense finally played played to its its uh potential i think devin leary finally got comfortable with the speed of the game they it seemed like in that off week they worked on their offense uh, allowing him to play at a faster tempo that that he's been used to from his previous uh, years at NC State. And I think they're going to carry that down to Mississippi and come out of there with the win, not only with the win, but with the cover, more important for pickup lines. (laughs) They're going to come away with the cover. So take UK, give those 3.5 points away. Louisville is a nine and a half point favorite at Virginia Tech. This line is already been moving i think it started at 10 or 10 and a half rather and uh, a lot of people may look at virginia tech as a hot team you know and and they've been playing better now they've been playing well but i also think that they got healthy playing at home they got they got kind of fat (laughs) playing at home but it's a different environment coming into uh, Louisville to play this game and the flip side of that is Louisville has been pretty pretty stout at home uh, the shutout of Duke which you know Mike Elko that was the worst loss he's had in his two seasons with the Blue Devils um, it, it's it, I mean think about it Duke did not run one play in the red zone uh, that, that's that's pretty hard to do even in a shutout I mean a lot of times Teams will give up drives and, you know, maybe come away with a turnover or something like that. But to not allow one snap in the red zone, that's that's pretty remarkable feat by the card. So given all that, uh, I'm, I'm sticking with L to both cover and win. And lastly, looking at a national game, Alabama is a three point favorite at home against LSU which this is basically, you know, this uh, it, it won't clinch the the SEC West for Alabama, but I mean it <laughs> it pretty much will if they win this game, you can pretty much count on them being in the SEC title game probably against Georgia. Although there's another big matchup Georgia Missouri this week um national of of national uh implications, but I I've been rolling with the tide here and there all season i think that a lot of people still look at when they lost earlier in the year to texas at home 
like that that was an indictment on the rest of their season like they couldn't improve and you know they're not going to be Bama of old they're starting to look like Bama of old to me folks I, I think they've been making slight improvements here and there and I'm going to stick with them at home as a home favorite so uh, lay those three points and take the tie both to win and to cover That'll do it for Pickup Lines, and that will do it for another episode of the C.L. Brown Show. I thank you for tuning in. And if you are so inclined, please click on that subscribe button to have these podcasts delivered handily. You don't even have to lift a finger to have them waiting for your uh, hearing pleasure. Does anybody ever say that, hearing pleasure? Anyway, (laughs) I, I do truly, sincerely thank you for tuning in with me each week. and. Come on back next week. We'll have another episode ready to go for you. Thank you for tuning in.